When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steelers versus Raiders on Christmas Eve takes on a whole new meaning. We gotta do it for Franco. Welcome to the Steelers Update podcast from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Hey, it was already going to be the biggest game of a subpar Steelers season long before the devastating, almost eerie news that the author of the most unbelievable play in NFL history and the catalyst for a football dynasty died just days before his signature number 32 was going to be retired and raised to the rafters at Shore Stadium on Christmas Eve. Now this Steelers versus Raiders game Saturday night becomes a poignant Pittsburgh tribute to that special Steelers running back who then became a lifelong ambassador for the steel city he loved. Of course, I'm talking about our dearly departed Franco Harris. Franco was just a rookie right out of Penn State when he caught a deflected ball born of a desperation Terry Bradshaw pass and ran it back for a touchdown against the Raiders, sealing the first ever playoff win for the Steelers on December 23rd. 1972. Now, Pittsburgh didn't win the Super Bowl that year. That was the season of the undefeated Miami Dolphins. But the play and the improbable playoff win became the spark for all that would follow. And not just the four Super Bowl wins in six seasons of the 1970s, but the standard of NFL excellence that the Steelers came to symbolize over the past half century. Now, when Coach Mike Tomlin talks about the standard, he's speaking of the nothing but the best bar that Franco Harris helped raise in Pittsburgh and set high. On Tuesday, Franco was there at the Steelers' press conference next to team president Art Rooney Jr. to hear all the accolades that culminated in his number 32 jersey being retired by the team. It's only the third player number to be retired by the Steelers. The other two, Mean Joe Green and his number 75, and Ernie Stoutner and his number 70. Pretty good company. And Franco was thrilled and touched and happy as he smiled, holding one side of the jersey emblazoned with a patch commemorating the 50th anniversary of the play he made. What an honor for me to have my number 32 jersey hanging along Ernie Stoutner and my longtime friend and teammate Joe Green, Harris said. I'm blown away by this honor. Hey, it was an honor long in coming and well-deserved. Here's what Rooney said, quote, The immaculate reception marked the turning point in franchise history. My grandfather, Art Rooney Sr., was quoted once, before we got here, before Franco got here, we didn't win much. Since he got here, 
we didn't lose. No truer words have been spoken. Now, in wake of Franco's shocking passing early Wednesday morning, we can all be thankful this fitting tribute to Franco didn't come too late. He got his due from the Steelers while he was still with us. In so many ways, it is a shame Franco won't be there Saturday night to hear one last roar from Steelers Nation, one final stadium unifying chant of his name, Franco, 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 one last mantra for any occasion, black and gold clad faithful gather. Here we go, Steelers. The game to mark Franco's iconic play now becomes a special occasion for Pittsburgh to pay solemn tribute to the man who helped propel the city's pro football team from lovable losers to the absolute pinnacle. The stage is set. Franco will be there in spirit. The Christmas Eve temps will be in single digits, and thousands of Steelers Nation tears will turn to icicles. Then, on the stadio's jumbo screen, Franco will do it all again. He'll make that catch, plucking the ricocheted pass out of the air, answering Pittsburgh's fervent football prayers. No wonder the catch quickly took on religious connotations, earning that immortal nickname, the Immaculate Deception. How fitting. There are just two football plays with this kind of divine intervention imagery. The other, the Hail Mary, is a generic moniker for simply throwing it up and praying. Ninety-plus percent of the time, those prayers are never answered. In the case of Franco and his catch, a higher football power was smiling down, and the play would make a Hail Mary appear routine. A half-century later, Franco will be with that higher power, smiling down, as all of Steelers Nation pays tribute celebrates and says thanks for all of the unparalleled success he and his play helped spawn. Said of reflective, appreciative, somewhat astonished Franco just days ago, it's hard to believe it's 50 years. To have it so alive and still thrilling and exciting really says a lot and means a lot, unquote. Well, Franco, he can rest easy knowing both he and his catch will always mean so much to the Steelers and their faithful fans. And the only thing left to say is, thanks, Franco. We'll never forget. You and your unforgettable play will live for another 50 years times 50. What a, what a shock. What a shock. Uh, but there is a game to be played, and really, I think it's more important than ever that the Steelers win this thing. Uh, and so the rest of the podcast will preview this now bigger-than-ever game with the Raiders, including a breakdown of the huge decision to go back to Kenny Pickett at quarterback right after Mitch Trubisky played his best game as a Steeler. So stay tuned. Right now, let's get right to it. So we all knew Tomlin would return to Kenny Pickett at QB just as soon as the rookie who got his bell rung was ready to go. But the numbers are in, and it's Mitch Trubisky who is the Steelers' best quarterback this season. Pro Football Focus, a website that evaluates players' performance on every play of every game, rated Mitch Trubisky 
with an 82.5 in his most recent outing against the Panthers in Carolina. Going purely by the numbers, he would be your starter Saturday night versus the Raiders on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception and, of course, the big tribute that's coming to Franco. And these are no small events in Pittsburgh or in all of sports. The Steelers would love to win, and more importantly, Steelers Nation expects the Steelers to win, to cap off this meaningful, emotional game with a, a W. And of course, winning would also keep their flickering playoff hopes alive, so let's not underestimate that. But it's Kenny Pickett getting the start. So what gives? Well, here's Adam Bittner with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette breaking down the high grade on Trubisky and what it means for Pickett, Pittsburgh, and your Steelers. He writes, quote, There are many good reasons for the Steelers to stick with Kenny Pickett as their starting quarterback when he's healthy, from the Sally Cap relief he can provide while playing on a rookie contract to the potential upside he can offer as a young player with room to grow. The numbers, however, are clear. Mitch Trubisky has been the better player in 2022 and would be an asset to the Steelers if Pickett faces similar injury woes or struggles in 2023. His season grade of 76.6 beats Pickett's at 67.7, and it beats it handily. His 11 big-time throws, graded among the best throws in the entire NFL in a given week, exceeded Pickett's 10 in more than 100 fewer attempts. And his average depth of target at 10 yards is substantially better than Pickett's at 7.9 yards. And that indicates Trubisky is the more competent and confident downfield passer. It's a similar story over at Football Outsiders. That's another leading independent analytics website tracking the NFL. Their signature stat is defense-adjusted value over average, or DVOA. It's expressed as a percentage below or above the league average, and Trubisky's mark of 3.2% is substantially better than Pickett's minus 12.3%. They also track a stat they call defense-adjusted yards above replacement, or DYAR, which measures how much better or worse a player is than an easily acquired replacement. Trubisky's DYAR is squarely in positive territory at 173. Pickett's is negative at minus 24. Basically, there is no realm of statistical analysis where Pickett is performing well or beats out Trubisky with any level of consistency. Of course, stats aren't the only focus to consider when evaluating players, especially quarterbacks, especially rookie quarterbacks who are projected to be the future of the franchise. But these statistical discrepancies are real and meaningful, and the Steelers will ignore them at their peril as they look toward trying to compete at a higher level in 2023, unquote. Hey, I don't know about you, but my head is spinning from all the numbers and analytics. But there's no beating the bottom line by Adam Bittner. Trubisky consistently makes the bigger plays, those splash plays Mike Tomlin supposedly loves, and he gives the Steelers the better shot to keep winning starting Christmas Eve in chilly Pittsburgh. But it is Pickett. 
He's the future of the franchise, and it's really hard to dispute Tomlin putting him back in behind center as soon as he's ready and bouncing back from his second concussion. Here's what Tomlin said about putting Pickett back in. Quote, my preference is to play and grow and gain the experience associated with the in-helmet perspective of competing. I just think where he is in his career, that's the number one ingredient for getting better, unquote. Tomlin says, play Pickett. Let's try to win while we're playing Pickett. But it's important for Pickett to get the playing time to get better. Well, there you go. It's Pickett, and we have this huge Christmas Eve game. It's tantamount to a playoff game for both six and eight clubs. Either one of them lose, they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And of course, it's made so much more poignant, especially in Pittsburgh with Franco's passing. I mean, this was, you know, the Immaculate Reception 50th is one thing. Franco passing days before that 50th celebration is just, it's just shocking beyond belief. And, and a little eerie, you know, you know, you talk about the Immaculate Reception, the divine intervention. It's like he was called home like uh, as part of a, the, a deal, 50 years of this play and, and Franco's no more, the guy who made it. So much to think about there, and it, we're going to be thinking about it certainly on, on Saturday. But right now, let's look at the X's and O's, and we have Ray Filippaldo with the Post-Gazette breaking it down and telling us everything that's at stake on Saturday night. Quote, the Steelers and Raiders will play a de facto playoff game Saturday night. At 6-8, and eight, each can be eliminated with a loss. The Raiders have won four of their past five to remain in contention, and the only loss in that stretch was a last-second defeat to the Rams. They beat the Patriots on Sunday when Chandler Jones recovered a lateral for a walk-off defensive touchdown. The Raiders have won three of their past four games, with the only loss in that stretch coming on a last-second defeat to the Rams. They're led by running back Josh Jacobs, who leads the NFL with 1,495 rushing yards. Now, the Steelers answered the bell against the Panthers with perhaps their best performance as a run defense all season, but they will be tested once again Saturday night when the NFL's leading rusher comes to town. That league leader is Jacobs, and he's almost 200 yards ahead of his nearest challenger, Derrick Henry, who has 1,300 yards. Jacob has six 100-yard games this season, including one when he rushed for 229 yards against the Seahawks last month. Said Tomlin, gushing about the opposing running back, Jacobs is spectacular. He's got great vision and patience, but he's got very good leg drive and power once he hits it. His pow almost always falls forward. He wins linebacker confrontations. He's got short area burst. He can jump cut laterally. His lateral movement is excellent. He's good at inside interior runs. He's good at perimeter runs. A lot of respect for what he's doing and what they're doing, unquote. And of course, uh, while the Steelers have the immaculate reception win over the Raiders, it's the Raiders who lead the all-time series against your Steelers, 17 games to 13. Of those 30 meetings, six have been playoff games with each team winning three times. The Raiders have won four of the past five against the Steelers during the regular season, including a 26-17 win at Accra Shores Stadium last 
year, unquote. Well, that's a good way to set the table for Christmas Eve. And if you're watching from home, hey, enjoy the good game with a nice toasty fire in the fireplace. What could be better on Christmas Eve? But if you are one of the brave Steelers souls who will be going to the game in what is expected to be a sub-10 degree night at Acrisure Stadium, layer up. That's all I can tell you because my wife and I will be joining you. We rearranged our Christmas traveling plans long ago, and we're not about to let a frigid snap freeze us out of making one of the attending, one of the signature events in Steelers history, especially with the passing of Franco Harris. We need to be there to pay that tribute. And we'll be there to turn up the heat on Christmas Eve and the crowd and the game and, and supporting our Steelers. And of course, you know, shed an icicle tear for our dearly departed Franco. And so will other thousands of other stalwart Steeler fans. And with the mercury plunging, here's some survival tips once again from Adam Bittner in the Post-Gazette. He writes this on this freezing, perhaps history-making weather game for your Steelers. Quote, the Steelers' Saturday night showdown with the Las Vegas Raiders is going to be one for the true diehards. Not only is the game being played on Christmas Eve, when most fans would probably prefer to be snuggled up with a fuzzy blanket by the fire drinking eggnog, it's also looking like it will be one of the most frigid nights in Steelers history, with forecasts calling for temperatures to plummet and high winds to whip across the North Shore, turning Acrashore Stadium into something closer to Ice Station Zebra. Jenna Lake, a meteorologist with the National Weather Service Pittsburgh office in Moon Township, told the Post-Gazette on Tuesday that she's expecting ambient temperatures to already be in the single ditches by the time the game kicks off at 8.15 p.m. And that's not the only issue. The wind is going to be howling, she said, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour, which is going to make things feel a lot colder. Wind chill factors could drop as low as minus 10 to minus 15 degrees. Now, Lake is somewhat used to this cold as a Wisconsin night, Bittner writes. Uh, she spent some chilly nights at Green Bay's Lambeau Field, home of the famous Ice Bowl, the NFL championship between the Packers and the Cowboys back in 1967. But for Steeler fans, this is going to be something well outside the norm, especially for this time of uh, December around Christmas time, which is still considered early winter in this neck of the woods, unquote. Well, it's going to be a cold one. Suck it up, man. This is, this is too big of a game, too big of a moment, too big of an emotion to, to miss. And there you go. I mean, we got Steelers Nation. We got the Raiders. We got the Steelers. We got freezing temps, howling winds, Kenny Pickett, playoff hopes, a winning record at stake, and the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. And, of course, Pittsburgh pouring out its heart. Franco Harris. Enjoy this early Christmas present of a game. And Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and the best of everything in 2023 from yours truly and the Steelers Update Podcast. And of course, we'll be back in the new year to cover what, what is left of this season for the Steelers and what we are looking for this team to become in 2023 as it transforms again. But under the leadership of Kenny Pickett, who is entrenched as the starter 
Obviously, Tomlin is making that clear with this decision on Saturday night. A lot to look forward to, but really, Christmas, the game, Franco, let's, let's, let, let's sit with that, and we'll be back after the new year with another podcast. And until then, log on to Penn Live for your real-time Steelers news. Go Steelers, and love your Franco. <laughs>